And it is Culture Shift. It's Wednesday. It's kind of wet and icky and what it is outside. So thank you for being with us. And if you are like many of us, well, this year likely feels something like the longest roller coaster ride of your entire life. You may, of course, be searching for some answers to it all or perhaps some insight into what the rest of uh, 2020 may bring for you and the world. Well, you are not alone. In recent years, there's been a huge surge of interest in one of the most ancient studies in civilization, and that is astrology. And here to introduce us to an incredibly talented guide to what the stars may have to tell us is Culture Shift's Amanda LeClaire. Uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Ra. Happy sure. Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, so that's you. that's right. I am really excited to have astrologer Dana Lynn Knuckles here joining us on the show again. Dana is known as the People's Oracle, and through her practice, she uses astrology, tarot cards, dream interpretation, and more to help us get a little more insight into the why and how of not only current events, but our own lives. So welcome back to Culture Shift, Dana. Thank you so much, Amanda. So the last time we had you here on the show was back in August. And and at the time, we were really focused on why we were seeing this big rise in interest in astrology. And and you gave a great introductory guide to the real complexity of this practice. Um, I would highly recommend listeners go back and take a listen to that interview. Uh, Just Google the People's Oracle on WDET.org. But this time, we are going to get deep into what the heck Mm -hmm. is happening out here. (laughs) I need your help, Dana. Give us a map. Oh, man. I'm I'm really excited to be here and talk to you guys. Your timing could not be any more impeccable as obviously world events are taking us on this next loop-de-loop of the roller coaster that we're on. And of course, the stars have so much insight to offer. Uh, you know, one of the uh, the reasons that we have you on is because you and your practice, you really are able to focus on political events, economic events, uh, things happening in the nation. And over at your Twitter page, uh, People's Oracle on Twitter, you have a guide to 2020 that you started back in March. And I have just been I've just been like uh, just awed by what you have been like, you know, lying out you predicted the uh, civil demonstrations that we had this summer way back mm-hmm. in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, you predicted a lot of things as well, all the trouble for a lot of the trouble for the president, some things mm-hmm. that were happening out here. So so when we spoke before in August, I had asked you, what would, could we expect for the rest of 2020? And you said at the election in November, you were expecting a lot of legal trouble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is coming true. So why why did you see that back in August? So in the system I use, I exclusively use the sidereal zodiac, which is just a different way of counting where the zodiac begins. Mercury is currently retrograde and Libra. And even people who know very little about astrology knows that the symbol for Libra are the scales of justice. And so when we get to a Mercury retrograde, Mercury amplifies and it articulates. And so this particular Mercury retrograde is connected way back to a period that we have collectively called Me Too and Time's Up. Um, I called it Justice for and by Women. And that was 2017 into 2018, primarily the last quarter of 2018. So this particular Mercury retrograde 
all of the legal, the court, the Supreme Court, litigation, uh, laws and rules, this is all back in focus and being amplified by Mercury at this time. Okay, so let's let's go back to the beginning of 2020 because I came across sure. a post that you had made uh, that you had said back in, let's see, in August, you had been saying in 2019 coming into 2020 would be like a bridge between eras. And you compared mm -hmm. it to 1959 to 1960. Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, I have to agree. We are seeing some massive cultural and social change happening this year, uh, more than I've ever experienced in my lifetime. So uh, what did you see happening in the stars that led you to think that this is a transformative time? So there were two planetary cycles in focus. Jupiter's individual cycle, Saturn's individual cycle, and their cycle together. Quite simply, Saturn is the reality we face. Jupiter is the context for how we understand that reality. Context can be religion, it can be moral, it can be political, it can be economic. It just depends on where Jupiter is. So at that time, towards the end of 1950s and those that early part of the 1960s, Jupiter and Saturn were transiting or moving through the same part of the zodiac that they are in now. Matter of fact, 1962 particularly has almost identical parallels to what we are about to encounter in February of 2021. So all of this is the lead up to that. The big focus of that time was planets in Sagittarius moving into Capricorn. So this is important because Jupiter is the planet associated with Sagittarius and Saturn is the planet associated with Capricorn. And what that means is I like to give things like these really easy, concise and direct names that leave out all of the technical stuff. So for the sign Sagittarius and anytime we have major activity there, the question is, how do I make my life and this world a living testimony of my intentions and convictions. And we saw that hit right on the dime when uh, 45 got inaugurated. That was our introduction to this particular time of Sagittarius transits. We saw mass defections from the State Department and the largest at the time uh, march, the Women's March ever in history because this compulsion, this radicalization of the political climate meant that oh my God, this world is not a reflection of my beliefs. It is not a reflection of my morals and I need to make it so. And so what happened in 1959, what happened in the early 1960s, this same kind of drive and radicalization of our political climate that absolutely I deserve to live in a world that reflects my truth. And so we're here again. And again, we're talking with Dana Lynn Knuckles, known as The People's Oracle. You can find her at thepeoplesoracle.com and on Twitter. We're also taking your calls. You can join the conversation right now at 313-577-1019. Uh, share your questions for Dana. Share your stories as well. Again, 313-577-1019. Uh, now, Dana, there is something happening specifically this month that uh, I have a, a question about. I'm very curious. Um, an unusual uh, second full moon is happening for this month of October. Now, we uh, I think it was on October 1st was the first full moon of the month. That same night was the night that we found out that the president had come down with COVID-19. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have a second full moon, and not to be superstitious, but it is happening on October 31st, Halloween. What does, what does this mean? 
So it's so important that we understand the nature of time, right? We have a Gregorian calendar, which is our kind of societal, social, consensual way of measuring time. But astrology time is on something totally different. So generally, two full moons in a Gregorian calendar month are not significant in any meaningful way when it comes to astrology. However, there is a significance to this particular full moon um, exactly for the reasons that you stated, that when we can make connections, meaningful connections between events and the time that they occur, we can follow that pattern of time to find out when events related to that are going to happen. So like you said, at the beginning of this month, we had a full moon. And at that time, as full moons are apt to do, we had a revelation. The lights got turned on and we saw clearly or were made aware of some information um, that we were previously not made aware of. So we can assume in some way that this next full moon will be similar in some regard. But actually, what I'm more interested in, Amanda, I'm more interested in the week of September 20th. And the events that basically led up to the COVID diagnosis, illness, hospitalization had everything to do with Mercury, Mercury squaring Saturn uh, right where it is going to station direct on Election Day. So these events are absolutely connected, just not exactly in the way um, that we might interpret uh, two full moons in a Gregorian calendar month. All right, and I think we have some callers coming in. You can give us a call at 313-577-1019. We're talking to Dana Lynn Knuckles, known as the People's Oracle. Head over to her Twitter page. She has a great uh, a discussion predictions for 2020. Now, now Dana, I, I kind of want to highlight, you know, one of the misconceptions about astrology is that, uh, you know, one thing is happening in the sky and this is an absolute that will happen in your life. But that is not really the way to read it. It's it's more of an indication of what could be possible, right? Yes. So it's kind of like like a clock on the wall. You don't have lunch at 12 because the clock turned 12. The clock is not compelling you to do anything. It's just the appropriate designated time for lunch to occur. The same thing with astrology. I like to think of it as noting the astrological time that things occur and then I can make a connection as an astrologer or you as someone who's learning to follow these patterns. You can make a connection between the time and the event and find the parallels and what further insight can be gleaned from the positions of the planets at that time. And we have Alexa calling in right now from Florida. Alexa, thank you for joining Culture Shift. Hello. Hi. And you have a question for Dana. Yes. Um, so I recently just started following you, and I was wondering why do you have faith or more faith, and why do you choose to follow the sidereal astrology instead of the tropical astrology? Oh, this is a great question, Alexa. I'll try to be concise here. Um, quite frankly, because sidereal works, it was seven years in, in my into my personal and professional astrology practice that it hit me that tropical was not working in the way that I knew astrology could work. And long story short, uh, someone uh, had suggested a few years prior that I switch to the sidereal zodiac. I said no. But once I bumped up against this wall where tropical was not working consistently in the way that I expected astrology to, 
I switched to sidereal and I never went back. I do have some blog posts um, on my blog that outline this further. If you go to thepeoplesoracle.com and you can search for the liberating power of the sidereal zodiac, and that will give you a lot more detail and insight into my personal journey and politics that have led to this change um, in my practice. Alexa, thank um, you. For, oh, do you have another question? Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, yeah. So um, I was wondering that in the extent, because I've only really started astrology recently, and that, like, I found out in my sidereal, I'm an Aries, but I'm an Aries rising in my tropical. But I see how I'm significantly more of an Aries in my life. And is that what you mean? Because I was looking up that sidereal is just, like, mathematically more accurate to where the stars are in line with, like, the dates. So, and I don't know, I've just been starting sidereal. So I just feel like when you say, like, it worked more for you, is that because, like your chart in sidereal was more accurate, like the signs that you were having in your chart, like reflected you more accurately? Uh, it was a combination of things, Alexa. It was one that uh, absolutely not mathematical for me. Um, I think that when we start to apply these kind of uh, scientific standards to something like astrology, we miss the point. So for mm -hmm. me, it wasn't the mathematical accuracy. It was the consistency across the entire system and how things work together. So more than just the signs, but also what the planets mean. I actually delved really deep into this in a recent workshop I did called Reading Your Sidereal Birth Chart. And I'm actually releasing the content for that tomorrow in my online store at thepeoplesoracle.com. So anyone who's interested in how to apply this directly to your personal life and to be able to see and make the kind of predictions for yourself that I'm making here on this show today and on my uh, Twitter page, that's how you can do that. Thank you so much, Thank Alexa. Thanks for calling, yeah, Alexa. Thanks, Alexa. Dana, I had a question for you just real quick. Uh, sure. You, you're talking about the fact that uh, we're expecting big changes and all this, and you're seeing that, uh, and, and you can back that up. I'm curious if there are certain uh, people, because of their astrological sign and placement, who are better equipped, perhaps, to deal with such revolutionary change that you see coming? You know, I really like to be... Uh, Impartial is not the word. I think neutral. I like to mm. not make judgments because part of what being an astrologer has taught me is that our vision can be very short-sighted. And astrology really helps us to contextualize things in broader swaths of time that really outlive our own lifetimes and lifespans. So for me, it's more about people being agents of change not necessarily willingly, mm. right? It's not necessarily intentionally. And I can be kind of optimistic, but I think the fact of the matter is that Donald Trump's presidency has brought out of the woodwork all of these hidden things that have impacted how we relate to each other, the structure of our economy, and the rights of individuals and groups in this country. He's brought it out into the open in a way that we can no longer deny it. Mm. And anybody who knows, if you want to heal an illness, you've got to get a proper diagnosis first. Mm -hmm. And we're getting that proper diagnosis 
I see. All right. So, I see, I was going big picture. You went even bigger picture, which is really, <laughs> that's very good. You went to the infinite. Uh, we also have Tia Graham, who's joining us, our newscaster. She had a question for you, too. Hello, hello. Sure. Um, I just wanted to ask a quick question. If been, if there's been a lot of civil unrest in places like Chile and places like um, Nigeria. So what has the chart shown you or what have you seen about those places and, and their future in terms of this uh, this unrest that's happening? Oh, this is such a great question, Tia. I'm so glad that you asked it. Um, one of the things that I use as like a time marker, um, and it's kind of arbitrary because, again, I can go back to 1959 or Emmett Till's murder, I think, in 55 as well. But one of the markers of time that I use as a reference point or origin point for this time is Saturn's entrance into Sagittarius, which was January 27th, 2017. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned before, meaningful transits through Sagittarius say, how do I make my life a living testimony of my intentions and convictions? But that was just really setting the groundwork for things that happened throughout 2017, 2018, 2019, and now into 2020. And so the name that I've given at this transit, that again is not just happening for the United States, but because of the influence of our political leaders, mm -hmm. right? Whatever happens here has a broad and deep and long influence across the world. I call it critical mass. Critical mass is when we reach that tipping point where we reach a point that things can no longer continue the way that they were, that whatever it is that maybe started off as a small group or a small idea has infected in many ways a larger thing. So whether we're looking at Chile, Bolivia, uh, Nigeria, all over the world, this is critical mass. We've reached the tipping point. And as Amanda mentioned before, the connections back to the 1950s and 1960s is very obvious. What I also mentioned in that article is that by the time we got to the 1960s, almost all of the colonized countries in Africa had already either achieved liberation from their colonial imperialist rulers or were in the process of making that happen in the 1960s. And so we're seeing the other side of that now. The planets are lining up in such a similar way. And we can think of this as a critical kind of conflict point in that story back in 1962, but also, or back in the 1950s and 1960s, but also going back to 2017 when Donald Trump was elected and radicalized the world. You know, Dana, when I, uh, oh, let me give out the number again first, 313-577-1019. Give us a call if you want to join the conversation. Again, we're talking to Dana Lynn Knuckles, known as The People's Oracle. You can find her on Twitter or thepeoplesoracle.com. 313-577-1019. Would love for you to have to, to join the, the conversation with us. So, Dana, I, I, one of the things I, I love about the way you practice astrology is that broader time span, these cycles uh, mm -hmm. of what we're going through as people, as a country, as as humans, as a world. Um, you know, I, I have a question. I, I want to ask about COVID-19. Is there a broader narrative, or I guess, or, or, or some sort of spiritual lesson that you see in astrology that we can learn from what's happening? Oh, Amanda. <laughs> I love this question. I want to say this though, like I am a really practical person and, and very like, I can be very literal, but obviously I have this knack for reading symbols. With that being said, like I am totally anti-woo 
And so in general, I kind of stray away from spiritual lessons in that regard um, because I don't want to minimize the material suffering and the material reality. With that being said, um, this pandemic, COVID-19, the, the reference point in time that I use, meaning the meaningful reference point, who knows when it really started? I think it started back in September and October at least. Actually, no, I think it actually started in July and August of 2019. That's another conversation for another day. But the meaningful point um, with regard to your question is January 23rd, 2020. What was significant about that moment? Uh, it was that weekend that news spread that Wuhan had locked down as a means to try to contain and control the spread of the virus. And what also happened that weekend was that Saturn entered Capricorn, right? So there's a very literal and direct connection between Saturn being the reality that we face um, and this stark kind of harsh reality, which ultimately is about death. No one is going to get out of here alive. And I think that I don't want to use the term spiritual burden or spiritual lesson because I don't think that it's as empowering as saying a real material lesson, which is the burden of survival is meant to be shared. No one is getting out of here alone or well, not alone, but no one is getting out of here alive. Rather, we're all going to die. It is our common state. Yet it is very clear that there are some of us that are shouldered with the burden of not only our personal survival, but also our collective survival, our service workers, our healthcare professionals, our trash pickup people, um, the checkout line people, our grocery store clerks. These are people that shoulder a greater burden of survival than the rest of us. So if there were any lesson, it would be that we have misplaced value. And this is what Saturn really teaches us. Saturn teaches us to count time because you realize you don't have that much of it. Teaches us to count money because you know it's going to run out. Teaches us to count the hours in our day, right? So it is important, I think, with this Saturn transit that we recognize the necessity of resourcefulness and recognizing the value of time, recognizing the value of labor. We have misvalued labor. So given the contraction of our economy, the contraction of our lifelines and lifetime lines, what is it really that we value? And how are we going to encounter this reality? And how are we going to properly calculate the value of our time, of our lives in a way that ensures our survival and doesn't leave the quote, least of us, end quote, shouldering the majority of that burden? Dana, such a pleasure talking to you. I have one more quick thing I want to ask. If you could briefly take us through the next couple months. What can okay. we expect? Because I think maybe this year we're probably going to learn a lesson that 2020 is not going to end on December 31st. No, 2020 ends February 2021. Let's just set that in. So save your celebration, save your new year, new life, new me, new you for February 2021. That's when the newness begins. Two things. One, this Saturn, uh, I'm sorry, this Mercury retrograde ends election day. What is that justice for and by women, the Me Too movement, amplifying laws. Uh, I think we might see some social media censorship, censorship of some people. 
lasting eclipses coming November and December, decolonizing the survival instinct, trans rights, dynamics of race, gender, class, sexual identity, women's bodily autonomy, autonomy, reproductive justice, and Black Lives Matter. That's where the year ends. Social revolution. Thank you so much, Dana Lynn Knuckles, known as The People's Oracle. Find her at thepeoplesoracle.com and on Twitter. You are listening to Culture Shift here on 1019 WDET.